The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Hi, Yoda Generios, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 360. Going to go out to Chris Paul, who my Phoenix Suns have just waved, shockingly. So thank you for your service with the team, Mr. Paul. Thank you for the good times. Um, but you're old, and oh, you're always injured in the playoffs. So good riddance. Thanks for coming to the show. This is an NBA podcast. This is the MMA podcast. If you want the NBA podcast, we have that too. Just look in the SGPN feed for the MMA, NBA, excuse me, gambling podcast. I am Jeff Chalks Fox. The person who is butchering his opening as per usual. That's what you've come to expect and love about this podcast. Uh, today is all about UFC 289 from the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. Yesterday's podcast was all about the prelims. Gumby and I were both in on separate plus 250 dogs. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you get that in your ear holes. And then today we're going to do the main card for you. All five fights. And then we're going to give you our locks, our dogs, our props, and our parlays. Let's bring in the Gumby man so we can get started here. Is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Hey, you didn't give me anything to work on. Um, you don't want to talk about Chris Paul? Uh, not really. No. Okay. You know, I will talk about, uh, maybe I'll talk about Jamal Murray because you said something about, uh, <laughs> you know, like there being a Jamal Murray viewing party up in Canada yes, right now. There is. Yeah. Well, and, in Kitchener, yes. But yeah. yeah and, and that's wild to me because I forgot he was Canadian. Um, because yeah, he's and then good. I, yeah, and well, because he's good. Yeah, and like, isn't usually like Wiggins your guy? Isn't he like the? Um, I mean, other than Steve Nash, Steve Nash is your guy. But like, yeah, yeah, it's not like you're uh, out there. Murray's a big, Murray's a big thing because he's actually from this city, and um, the viewing party is at the community center that he actually would walk across the street and play at nonstop. So, uh, okay, so that yeah. that one's like locally meaningful to you, but yes. like. But I mean, like he's the best Canadian at this point, too. So, yeah. Oh, no, don't, doesn't Kelly Olenek still play? <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, how dare I? How dare I? I forget about Kelly Olenek. Yes. Don't, don't besmirch the name of, of Kelly Olenek. He, he doesn't deserve that. It's true. And I used to play pickup with that Murray guy's dad back in the day. Oh, there, yeah. you, there you go. Now you guys know. Yeah. He wasn't even a twinkle in his father's eye at that point. Probably he's what? Yeah, I don't. He wasn't born yet. That's for sure. So there you go. But I, I like to think I had something to do with his, his making <laughs> the NBA. So um, maybe this is an NBA podcast now, perhaps. Yeah, let's talk about people, but you know, beating each other up now. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, like I said, UFC 289 is going down. Per apparently, this is the pay-per-view portion that we're all supposed to pay for. Gumby tried to defend it a few podcasts ago, but come on. This isn't worth this isn't worth your money, Dan. I, I would say probably not as a pay-per-view. <laughs> I, I think I defended the card as a whole because it like answers okay, yeah, questions yeah. that I'm interested in. But like, yeah, you're right. The the pay-per-view portion is not what I would typically pay for. <laughs> yeah, they um, they, they've trained us to expect more. That's all. So I'm not saying it's not gonna be a fun card because there there's some fun matches here, but they've trained us to expect more than than what we're getting. But we don't care, as I've said before. We don't care what the fight card's like or who's fighting on it. We, we find value in every uh, every fight card. So even Samurai Fight House, we find find something to pick, right? That's right. We love Samurai. Well, Fight you, House. you do. Not don't say even Samurai Fight. Of it's course, true. Samurai Fight House. Even what's it called? 
one pride MMA fight night. Is that what it's called? Did I get yes. it right? Yes. One pride <laughs> wow. MMA. One pride MMA of, fight night. Yeah, it's just, some it's SEO. Like, some SEO <laughs> expert uh, named their, uh, their promotion for him. Some writer Guaranteed. humor there. That's some writer humor. I yep. enjoy that. <laughs> Ram as, as many keywords as he can in, into your title and your set. But we're not talking about that this week. No. Well, we have we have the biggest show to talk about after I tell you about how you can get an edge on all your bets. Edge boost. We're very happy to be sponsored by Edge Boost. Uh, we are supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down in some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. That's exactly what you can do. Get it down in some, some of Gummy's picks. He gave you a future MMA pick last episode at the end of the episode. So get down on that. Double down on a favorite bet like that one you like, or even use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. NFL season's coming, and everyone loves the NFL, so good time to get in here. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. As they charge zero interest, you know of a way you can access more money to place in your favorite bets without paying any interest. Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll, more importantly, by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, E-D-G-E, just sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we determined last episode that more than likely all of you are over 21 and are male. All right, that are listening. Uh, let's let's get going with this here fight card. Main card, 10 p.m. Eastern time, start as per usual. Pay-per-view in North America at the very least. I know some of you countries, you guys get it for free on your cable packages and whatnot. Lucky people. All right. We're going to start with middleweights and a Canadian. Mark andre Barrio versus Eric Anders. Um, Anders, yeah, boy. This is a couple of the classic nicknames going head to head here. Power Bar versus yeah, boy. And Gumby is not there to say anything. No, I, no I'm I still there. You, nothing. you didn't cue me. I mean, like, hey, that's a cue. Usually I, we laugh at Power Bar, don't we? I don't know why, but I think Power Bar's really. I think Power Bar's really. <laughs> your boy is is pretty sweet when you consider just like <laughs> he's a guy who says your boy all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, boy, Anders. Let's talk about him first. Fifteen and seven with one no contest, nine knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Seven and seven with one no contest in the UFC. Win, loss, loss, win. That's the pattern over the last four. He did win his last fight via TKO. He's fight up at light heavyweight. Was the LFA champion. One no in Bellator. An inch of reach on Barrio. He has been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.83 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Barrio. He's at plus 120. Power bar EO. 15 and 6 with one no contest. 10 knockouts, one submission. One knockout. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So both these guys have it. Uh, are very durable. For, for the way they fight, it's it's uh, very impressive. He's 4 and 5 with one no contest in the UFC. His pattern is loss, win, loss, win over his last four. He won his last fight via TKO as well. So a lot of similarities here with these two. He also used to fight up at light heavyweight. Here's the difference. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. You can get the shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. I was thinking about saying it in French, but I don't think I can get my French going that quickly. Le um, <laughs> yes, it's true. Wow. Listen to this guy. Um, Barrio, three years younger than Anders. Striking active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.72 strikes per minute, minus 135. I tend to kick off the main card. This is one I've wavered on close, close line. So it's not that big of a surprise. Uh, I'm going with the Canadian uh, Barrio. Uh, just think he's more dangerous. I 
like more of what I've seen from him recently. Anders, I, I know he won his last fight, but can't really trust him at this stage. I don't think of his career. And Barrio is a better striker from, from distance, which usually I use as, as the ultimate tiebreaker. So uh, give me power bar. So first of all, uh, you, you missed my reprieve or my, my refrain from last, uh, 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 last episode. What, what did I no, say? I don't, I don't care time? what you're picking. I don't care what you're picking. You, you know, I'm about to tell you to fade the Canadian. Cause that's what I, it's, it's not. Oh, Canada. It's Oh, no Canada. Uh, cause oh, I'm going to go, my. I'm going to go with Eric Anders here. Now you, you mentioned, uh, Mark Andre Barrio being durable, right? Because he's, you know, six losses, but he's only been finished twice. Yep. Those are his last two losses. Uh, his last two losses, he was badly hurt. Uh, one of them submitted. One of them finished in 16 seconds. And in his wins, his last two wins, he was badly hurt. Uh, Julian Marquez hit him real hard in the first round and had him wobbly. The guys, most of the guys' wins are by being just, like, able to outlast the other guy and, like, live on. Like, he tired out Jordan Wright and finished Jordan Wright. Now, granted, that was only in half a round because Jordan Wright's only got three seconds of cardio. Um, but you could say the same thing about his fight with Abu Aziatar. He was losing that fight until it got to the third round and then he turned it on and won because Abu was exhausted. I don't think that's a path to victory against Anders. Anders hits too hard. Anders is, is too strong. You know, we saw it in the Kyle Dawkins fight. Um, you know, Anders also had a split decision with Jung Young Park, which I think people are sleeping on how good of a fight that is. Um, you know, his losses are to pretty high-level dudes, whereas, you know, we're talking about Marc-Andre Berrio has not beaten anybody very good lately. You know, like, you could say his best win in the UFC is probably the aforementioned Abu Aziatar. If not, it's Dolce Luki Yambula. Um, So, like, you know, and also, am, am I wrong? Was he knocked out a third time and the other guy tested positive for steroids? Am I wrong about that? Maybe Somebody's you're like, really burying my pick here, so I'm not. I'm not going to help you with that one. Yeah, he's going to get knocked out. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so you're picking. Uh, you're picking Anders, picking and Anders. you're picking knockout. Uh, uh th maybe more to come from that later. Oh uh, wow, you're really uh, going in. But yeah, like I, I just think, uh, power bar got hit, gets hit too much. I think he's a little bit slower, and uh, I, I think, I also think the fact that Anders is a lefty could potentially give him issues as well. Um, and, and Anders looked better against Dawkins last time. So I'm, I'm going to trust the, I'm going to trust the glow up from Eric Anders. All right. You done bury my pick at this point? Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad, can I just say it's a bad pick? What was, oh, what did you just say? What, no what did you picks. say? No, but you said something last, last week. Was it just that you just kept telling people that they were bad fighters and then you just. Oh them? yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no, that was my, my, I broke down a lot of fights because that, that fight is just not good. That, that fighter is a bad yeah. fighter and then he picked the yeah. other one. <laughs> and they end up winning though. That's yeah, you nailed the it. one you nailed person. All, yeah. yeah. You nailed all this pick. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not. That's the thing. I had, um, what's her name that fought uh, Jin Yu Fry. I said she was a bad fighter. <laughs> oh <laughs> Which yeah. I stand by still. Yeah. She she's might still, still be. Yeah, you're talking yep. about Elise Reed. She might still be. Yep. <laughs> are the are the next two people bad fighters? Featherweights. No, Danny Gay, no, Nate no. Landwehr. They're fun. Oh, they're fun. As I, hell. I'm thinking. I know. I'm thinking. I know your pick, but I forgot you like the other guy too. Hmm. All right, let's just Ooh. find out what his real pick is after I give you the info here. Nate, the train, Landwehr, 17 and four, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once, four and two in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. The last two via no, sorry, two out of the three have been submission. Wins, uh, does not lost since February 2021, was the M1 champion before this. Also has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. 
sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2012 Pro MMA debut, two inches taller than Ige, an inch of reach, more active landing strikes, and has better grappling stats than Ige. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by almost a strike a minute. Strike differential at plus 0.96. He's at plus 210 in the betting sphere. 50K. We love that nickname, don't we, Dan? It's one of my faves. 50K Ige. That makes Dan really angry. He's won it, what, two or three times, I think? Not enough to have a nickname 50K. He is 16 and 6. Five knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in any fight. 8 and 5 in the UFC. However, he's only won one of his last four. However, that was his last fight, which he won via knockout. One no in the contender series, three years younger than Land Weir. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.22 strikes per minute, minus 250. Over to you. See if you pick who I think you're going to pick. So, first of all, I would just say that Danny Gay had better nicknames. He yes. Used, you say this every time. Remind us again. He used to be the Danimal, uh, which is just. He a, can't beat Danimal. No, that's a. That's a a much better nickname than 50k and then he used to be dynamite danny gay which even that's better uh it's not as good as the danimal but it's it's good um i I think i'm gonna pick somebody you're not ready for i'm gonna pick danny gay in this fight yeah no that's what i expected i i I remember you like him yeah yeah like is he from like your side of the neck of the woods as well no he's hawaiian isn't he oh really yeah isn't that where you're from no <laughs> no no the complete not, opposite almost yeah i'm not hawaiian yeah he's from hawaii uh and he trains <laughs> okay. in vegas uh I, yeah I was just, just like you you know yeah. why sorry to interrupt Ige rob font i always get them mixed up which oh. i see i saw it on reddit or somewhere that's like common thing with people i'll buy that it's like yeah, a mandela I'll, thing yeah i'm okay with that um okay go ahead my my, my problem with this one is just that like i, I think nate landwehr in general only beats the type of people who he can convince to brawl with him and who he can hurt. You know what I mean? Like he, he really hurt um, Austin Lingo in that last fight. Um, you know, he went in there and he, um, you know, like really hurt Ludovic Klein. Uh, you know, he convinced Darren Elkins to brawl with him, although he didn't need much convincing. Actually, I think he might've lost that fight too, as long as we're being honest. I, I think Elkins was pretty close to winning it. Um, but like Ige is a very disciplined fighter. Uh, we've seen it time and time again with him. Like, you know, he was very disciplined against Damon Jackson. I picked against him in that Damon Jackson fight and he picked people, picked him apart. Um, he's got really heavy hands. He's knocked out Gavin Tucker. He's knocked out the aforementioned Damon Jackson. He fought really disciplined against Edson Barboza and against Mirsad Bechtik. And like, you know, like he just does the little things right. The only people who have beat this guy are the tippity top of the division, right? Movsar Evloev, Josh Emmett, Korean Zombie, Calvin Cater. Um, and then you'd have to go all the way back to his debut, which, by the way, I attended, uh, which was his loss to Julio oh, Arce. Wow. Yeah, Julio Arce, which I'm pretty sure was a short notice replacement. I think he was supposed to fight Charles Rosa first. Um, but, like, it, I think Ige is way better here. I think he's faster, and I think he's got better power. I am fading Danny Gay, but really in my head, I'm maybe fading Rob Font and thinking of fading Danny, uh, thinking of fading Rob Font and I'm fading Danny <laughs> Gay. But regardless, I'm taking Landwehr. Um, if you dive into the stats, much better uh, striker from distance, and he's got a lot of power, more power than Ige. A um, little bit bigger. Uh, I just like what I, I've seen from him. I like I said, it's it's a fade of Ige, and uh, I think there's value in him at plus two ten. So give me Landwehr here. All right. Everyone, it's a bad pick, Dan. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's a bad pick. You if like Landwehr, too. That's the thing. I, I like Landwehr, and if you're going to take a swing at, at a guy with knockout power at plus 200, I'll at least respect it because, you know, you uh, 
Sometimes you don't take a lot of swings. There you go. There you go. Sometimes I don't take a lot of swings. That's why I'm Jeff Chalks Fox. But all right. I took an underdog, and I'm going to tell you all about our friends at Underdog Fantasy who are back with us. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All righty. So we have disagreed on every fight thus far in the main card. Let's see the next one. Welterweights, Mike Malott, Canadian, Adam Fugit. Last time I'm going to talk about a Canadian here. We'll tell you about Fugit first. Forget about it is the nickname. Not really, but it should be. Nine and three, five knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out twice. One and one in the UFC. Won his last fight via TKO. He has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. He also is a pro grappler. He's got four inches of reach on him a lot. More active landing strikes. He has been outstruck over his UFC, two UFC fights by half a strike a minute, minus 0.5. And he's at plus 180 on the boards. Proper Mike Malott, teammate of Jasmine Jasudavicius, who we talked about yesterday. He's 9-1-1, four knockouts, five submissions. So he's finished everyone. He's been knocked out once in his career. 2-0 in the UFC, 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's won five straight fights. He's not lost since October of 2014. Is a regional champion, used to fight at featherweight and lightweight, has missed weight before, hence he's up at welterweight now. 0-0-1 in Bellator, 0-1 in World Series of Fighting, 2011 Pro MMA debut. Two years younger than Fugit, he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.01 strike per minute. Minus 195. Give me the Canadian, Malat is not shown any reason why not to pick against him, uh, to pick against him, excuse me, at this point. This look real good, he's on a real good tear now that he's actually fighting consistently. Really like his well-rounded game and his uh, his finishing ability, obviously. So give me what. I, I we're gonna go for three here. Uh, I had I'm a gonna, feeling you like I, your Fugit. I, I like Fugit, and listen, after his fight with Michael Morales, I, I wasn't sure if I liked him or not. But if you go back, that fight ages so well. You know, like Michael Morales is a bad dude, right? Like Michael Morales, you know, undefeated in the UFC. He went in there and, and he he beat the hell out of Trevin Giles. He beat Adam Fugit. He's getting a fight with Max Griffin. You know, even what he did to Nikolai Veritenikov on Contender Series was legit. And like Fugit took that fight on two days notice against Michael Morales. Then he turns around and he beats the crap out of a prospect that I personally like in Yosaku Kinoshita. And he does so with a lot of the things that I think could give Mike Malott problems here. Um, and, and those things are, first of all, that he's got a really nice kick to the body. Um, he, he has a really nice inside trip when he wants a takedown, which I know people are talking about Mike Malott having a, like a really good guillotine and being a guy who jumps on a neck. That's true. But like that typically is the counter to a, a, like a blast double. And one of the things about Fugit is you can see a lot of different takedowns with him. Body lock takedowns, inside trips, outside trips, you know, like little judo pieces. He, he's he got a lot of that stuff. And I, I will say he also is much longer than Mike Malat. I know they're the same height, but he's going to have a four-inch reach advantage on fight night. I think that that's a big piece here, too, for Malat, who, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of compare this to the... The Chris Curtis, the Imavov fight, I think Fugit does a better job of fighting long, maybe not as good as, as Imavov. And Malat really likes his tight hooks. Like, all of his knockouts are by knocking guys out with, like, really tight hooks in close quarters. 
I also think he's like a little bit too hittable, um, which I, I, I think people don't realize that like in that last fight, the one against Johan Lainez, Johan Lainez hit him a little bit. Even look, even Mickey Gall hit him a little bit in the Mickey Gall fight. And if you look at the two fights for Fugit versus the two fights for Mike Mallott, man, dude, the 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 strength of schedule is clearly in favor of Fugit. So uh, I'm going to take Adam Fugit here. All right, here we go. We're fighting again. Go to the co-main event. I have no idea whether we're going to agree on this one either. I was going to say, do you think do you think we're going to go four for four? I feel like we're going to get the main event right. I think we're going to match there. Uh, we'll see. Uh, lightweights, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush, a.k.a. Benny. Um, let me tell you about Oliveira. Doe Bronx is a nickname. 33-9 and nine with one no contest. Nine knockouts, 21 submissions. Been knocked out four times, submitted four times. 21-9 and nine with one no contest in the UFC. 11-1 and one over his last 12 fights. He did lose the last fight and the championship via submission. He was the champion, as I said. One successful title defense. He's missed weight five times in the past, including two fights ago. He's won his last three wins have all come via finish. Used to fight down to featherweight up at watch weight. 2008 Pro MMA debut. He's a BJJ champion, also a pro grappler. Two inches reach on Dariush. He's outstruck his UC opponents by 0.28 strikes per minute. He has better grappling stats in the UFC than Dariush has. He's at plus 126. Dariush, 22, 4 and 1, five knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. So he's been finishing all of his losses, 16-4-1 in the UFC. He's won eight straight fights. He's not lost since March of 2018. He also has missed weight in the past. Was regional champion, 2009 pro MMA debut. He also is a pro grappler. Striking and active striking stats are better than Oliveira's. He has outstruck his opponents in the UFC by 1.26 strikes per minute. He's at minus 150. Go ahead. See if we're going to agree or not. I'm going to take Charlie Olives. Uh, I am too. There we go. Back uh, on the there we page. go. Back on the same page. I don't really have a super solid reason why. More, more is like a gut feeling. Maybe you can solidify why I'm picking him. I mean, I've got, I've got a bunch of reasons, and, and it's like, do do people forgot that forget that this guy like beat the hell out of Michael Chandler on the feet? Like yeah. he he took the best strikes that Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje had for him, and then returned fire and stunned them both. And don't get me wrong, like, I understand that the loss to Islam Makhachev is, like, alarming, right? But we also just saw Islam Makhachev go toe-to-toe with Alexander Volkanovsky, a, a guy who's, you know, I think is the best fighter in the world. So for him to lose to Makhachev and not look himself, that's one thing. And, and I just, like, I, I know Benil Dariush has good grappling, but, like, he almost got knocked out by Drakkar Klose during this massive win streak. He went to decision with Tony Ferguson and Matthews Gamera. And I, some people think he lost that decision to Diego Fajeda. And like, those are all decent enough fighters. But like, when anybody looks at me and he says, ah, you know, Benil Dariush has an eight fight win streak. He deserves a title shot. First of all, I agree with you. You don't have to yell. Second of all, the they, only reason. They were yelling? Oh, of course. Yeah. Always yelling. Um, and second of all, like. The reason he doesn't is because the names don't jump off the page. No, right? G- Gamera and, and Ferguson, th- those wins don't don't say put this guy in a title fight. So he needed a Charles Oliveira type fight, and I think he's slower than him on the feet. I think his striking isn't going to hold up against him. And you know, like Benil Darius, a really good jujitsu specialist. I don't know that I'm picking a jujitsu specialist against Charles Oliveira. That's all I'm saying. Like I- I'm not picking a guy. Who relies on his good grappling 
to beat Charles Oliveira. That sounds insane. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Oliveira here. Yep. As I said off top, I am too. Um I like him at plus money, obviously. Uh resume way better than Darius as, as Dan said. Like uh, Darius pretty thin um resume of, of fighters he's beat. He, he's he's beaten good guys, but no, not the level of fighters that, that get you a title shot normally, which may be why he hasn't had a title shot yet. Um yeah, and Oliveira just his striking seems to be getting or was getting better with every fight. So give us Bill Bronx. We are on the same page here with an underdog. All right, main event time. Women's Bantamweight Championship, Amanda Nunes or Nunez versus Irene or Irene Aldana. There's multiple ways to say all both these ladies' names. Let's tell you all Donna first. Robles is the nickname. Do you remember what a, what Robles means, Dan? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's his, her mom's maiden name, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? It also yeah. means oak tree. Yeah, I think it's her mom's maiden name, if okay, I'm not cool. mistaken. So her mother's a tree, correct? Am I correct in deducing that? Yeah, sure. Yep. Okay, perfect. Uh, 14 to 6 is Aldana. Eight knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out twice. Seven to four in the UFC. She won two straight fights and four of five. The last three of her wins have all come via knockout or technical knockout. She's missed weight twice before recently as well. So keep an eye on that. Four and one in Invicta. 2012 pro MMA debut, an inch taller than Nunez, more active landing strikes. However, she's been outstruck over UFC career by 0.32 strikes per minute, plus 250. Lioness Nunez, 22 and 5, 13 knockouts, four submissions. She's been knocked out twice, submitted twice, 15 and 2 in the UFC. She's been the champ twice. Uh, she also is the champ at featherweight, if that's a weight class. If it is, she's a champ. Uh, so she's fought at featherweight as well, obviously. 13 and 1 of her last 14 fights, including winning her last fight and getting her belt back. One and one in Invicta, one and one in Strike Force, 2008 pro MMA debut, an inch reach on Aldana. She just struck her opponents in the UFC by 1.65 strikes per minute. She's better grappling stats than Aldana as well. Minus 315. I was thinking I would take Aldana, but um, but I'm not. Uh, I got to go with Nunes. Even uh, if she's, I, I don't think she's at the peak of her powers anymore, but she still is a better fighter, even uh, 75% of, of, her, of her peak uh, than Aldana is. Better. Striker, more dangerous striker, better grappler, all, all, all the above. So give me, uh, give me the champ to retain. My, here's my question: Do you think she didn't look herself uh, against N N or, uh, Juliana Pena the second time? You don't think she looked like peak Amanda Nunes? No, I, I don't think she's at her peak anymore. And I think Pena, I think it got to person in, in her head also so i don't expect that, that to happen here at all yeah okay so maybe maybe that's true because when i i watched that second fight with pena i mean she looks as good as she just about ever has uh yeah she picked her apart one easily yeah yeah and, and she looked like she was playing with her food too like i i feel like she probably could have put her away and i i feel like she didn't just to like show her i can do this for as long as i need to um which is pretty badass when you think about it um uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously going with Amanda Nunes too. I, I think, I think the biggest problem here is just like the lack of grappling defense from Irene Aldana. Like, and, and I know, like, sure, you can you can sell me on the puncher's chance. You can sell me on uh, she's got good hooks and she knocked out Ketlin Vieta and whatever. But like, she gave up three takedowns to Macy Chason and was arguably not winning that fight when she landed a weird up kick to the liver. Uh, which is a, you know, an odd way to, to pull ahead in that fight. And I mean, Holly Holm took her down five times and, and like, I, I think Amanda Nunes is just going to score a takedown whenever she wants. The difference between Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes being on top of you is 
Amanda Nunes puts you away, either with a rear naked choke uh, or some sort of mean submission, or she puts you away with ground and pound. Like, she's going to put her away. Uh, if not the first time she gets her down, sometime in the second or third round when she gets her down. And and I think if she's smart, she'll just keep trying to take her down, too, um, and, and stay away from that that power punching, because I, I think she can win this so freaking easily. There you go. All right. Recap, but don't go away. More picks coming your way. Nun- we both have Nunez. We both have Oliveira. This is, and then we differ. We go off on different trails here. I have Malat. He has Fugit. He has Ige. I have Lan Weir. I have Barrio. He has Anders. All right. Do you want to do the edge boost pick now, or do you want to do the fancy fancy picks first? Well, let, let's do our edge boost play is our lock okay. of the week. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to – and I'm supposed to kick off the lock of the week this week, so I'll do okay. it again. So my edge boost double down play of the day, which is also my lock, is going to be – I'm going to take Nasoradin Imavov at negative 150. I was uh, thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking of it because – Look, I just think he's longer, stronger, tougher than uh, than Chris Curtis in a lot of those situations. Uh, I think Curtis is going to have a tough time getting on the inside. Uh, and I think if he does overextend, I think Imavov's got the ability to punish him. So once again, my edge boost double down play of the day is Nasoradin Imavov, negative 150. Remember that edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. Once again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Look at this guy, multitasking, a professional. Okay, Imavov is his lock. Uh, I was going to pick him. I then I change. I'll take Builder, a more Blake Builder, a more um, a bigger number, minus two forty. But I uh, see him having no trouble with with Kyle Nelson. So that is my lock. I actually had Builder written down as my lock before we started recording. Oh, look at us. And then when the number got inflated a little bit, because I originally saw him at negative two hundred. Um, and maybe locked in some some plays earlier in the week, right around negative 200. Uh, when it ballooned up a little bit, I was like, I don't know. I think I'm getting more value on him off. So uh, I, I switched it up. Um, so we're on the same page on those. We won't be the same page on dogs because uh, I'm picking a guy you expect to lose. Uh, I'm going to take yeah. Eric Anders. I'm going to take Eric Anders. I think he yeah, blasts. boy. I, I think he blasts power bar here. Um, and uh, yeah, I like his chances here. And not for anything. Three for three in my last three dogs. Four for my last five. You you can't blast a power bar. Isn't that what a power bar is for? So so you don't like blow out your circuits, blow do, out your do, uh, fuses. So are you saying a? <laughs> do, do can hang on? Time out a second. Do Canadians right. do Canadians call call surge protectors power bars? No, no, oh, okay. no power bars. <laughs> it's, it's, so so you can plug a whole bunch oh. of things into one plug. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, we're we not those, that weird. We call those surge protectors. Really? Yeah, you call what, power a, bars? Yeah, what's yeah, I think so. Power bars now are you have me like, question myself. I think the only thing we call power bars down here in the States is like an energy bar. Like yeah, it's like a brand it's a brand name. But you're telling me here when you when you want to protect yourself from surges, which we call a surge protector, yeah. You you call that a po- a power bar. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Well, at least I do. It's, the nickname has no, new meaning to me. I know. Now <laughs> But but you as usual, I'm questioning myself. But yes, I believe that's what we call them. Yes, now I have okay. to pick an underdog. Now I'm, I'm gonna Google that. while you're while you're doing that. <laughs> okay. Canadian uh, power bar. Canadian power bar is going <laughs> in my my search. All right. Yeah. Uh, who do I want yes. to pick? Dog. It says power bars yeah. and search protectors on CanadianTire.ca. Yeah, oh, Canadian oh. Tire. You can get everything there. It's not just tires, Dan. <laughs> it's like our Tim Hortons Canadian Tire. All right. So is the nickname not funny now? 
It's less funny, I think. Yeah. It was funnier was when it was a protein bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, maybe we'll call him Surge Protector going forward. That would be yeah, that's great. I have lots of dogs, but all of them are big dogs. Do I want a big dog, Dan? <sighs> you don't like Jitsuda Vichy. I try to pick one that you're in on, too, so I don't So I um, don't put my neck out there because I'm a coward. Uh, give me Zahabi plus 110 over uh, Aori Keelang. I thought you were going to do Zahabi ahead of time. So that, that makes sense. Um, well, there you go. You got me all figured out, don't you? Yeah. So for my prop, uh, I'm taking a big swing. Uh, it's been a while since I took a big swing. And I was hitting when I was taking those big swings. I hit Frivola, KO, net plus 600, battle inside the distance, plus 400. I'm going plus 400 again. I like Amanda Nunes by submission. The, takedown, the takedowns are going to be there. I, I think she's going to be on top of Aldana. Is there a chance she ground and pounds her? Sure. Is there a chance she convinces Aldana to give up her back and she sinks in the choke? I think at plus 400, there's a pretty decent chance of that. So so give me Amanda Nunes by submission. All right. I'm going to take a big one, too. Jasmine Jasudovicius via decision. Plus Ooh. 340. Not much different than, than her normal line, which is plus 250. So uh, you may not. Well, actually, this is the only way she's going to win. So you may as well take the take the bigger line here. Uh, so Jasudovicius over Maverick via decision plus 340. All right. Do you have wow. a fancy two fight parlay for us? We call it the Hunger Man John Super Fan Parlay. Uh, I do. I, I am also just going to say that I, I like that as a value play. If you're going to play Jesuda Vicious, might as well play her by decision. She ain't finishing yeah. Miranda Maverick. Um, nope, neither of them get finished either. So there you go. So I, I'm going to take the uh, the anti Canadian KO uh, oh. for, for the Hungry Man Jong today. So I'm going to double down on my play on Eric Anders uh, and go Eric Anders knockout. Um, so I like Ander, Eric Anders by knockout. That's plus 300 right now. Uh, I'm going to pair, pair it with Adam Fugit knocking out Mike Mollat. Uh, we're just going to fade the Canadians on the main card, say they both get their lights turned out. Um, I, I think both of them have exceptional KO power. People are sleeping on it. And you can get 17 to 1 on that one, plus 1,700. Wow. Plus, I, I don't approve of it, but wow. Uh, that's American money, too, if you bet. <laughs> boy, the anti-Canadian uh, rant is, boy, Gumby's really, I really did laying take, it on thick here. I realized when you said that there were six Canadians in the card or six people yeah. you were claiming as Canadian because you're, <laughs> yes. you're taking Belbicha Bel for Bicha. yourself. I realized yeah. that I picked one of them total. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you. Look at you. I think it's, I took five out of six, didn't I? Wow. <laughs> That's pretty much all of our differences, right? Is just yeah, exactly. Not like you being a uh, you Canadian being a, uh, a xenophobe, you being a uh, typical American, Dan. No, because I took him off. No, that's I true. Took a... <laughs> you took a Russian. He, great. He won't take. Canadian, no, he's, but he'll take he's a French. Russian. He's French. He's a Russian sniper, Dan. That's true. French, he's French. Though. Even he's French worse, guy. French. Oh, I thought everybody hates France, don't they? And I took I took two Oliveras as well. That's true. <laughs> a couple Oliveras. Um, all right, that is it for the silliness. We are going to be out of your ear holes now. We'll be back Sunday to recap how we did with our picks. You can get at us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. You can get at us at Twitter, SGPN MMA, Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox Writer. That's all of our handles. Instagram, Jeff underscore Fox underscore Writer. Uh, MoneyMMA.substack.com to get all my MMA ratings in your inbox and to enter my pick em contest. Get the get more Gumby in your ears because that's what you want at Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. He told me who he has on. I'm going to remember Adam Fugit and 
Oh, who's the other one? Blake, Blake Builder is talking about how Blake he got thrown Builder. out of a restaurant in Australia. Fantastic. I haven't listened yet. And Gumby picked both people, too. So there you go. Um, because the curse is over. It's not real. Um, what else should I tell? Oh, all good things in life. SportsGumbyPodcast.com. That's it. You, you can take us home. All right. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. He's the surge protector, Jeff Fox. And we <laughs> will see you on Sunday.